25, my conversation with Aaliyah Logaleo, one of the leaders for Clemson softball. And I'm withholding a position because she could be in literally three, one of three positions uh, when the season starts on Thursday. She's incredibly engaging. Um, and she is a, she is a really high quality human being. So, um, I'm, I'm excited for you to hear that. I do want to mention a couple things first. First of all, I want to mention the pretzel baconator. Um, that just feels like something you just throw in whenever I've not eaten lunch yet. Uh, cause I'm just, I just didn't want to, I'll just be honest. I didn't want to, um, show is more important today. Interviews more important today. Just a lot of stuff going on. Um, but the pretzel baconator, every time I think about it, I wonder why I didn't have lunch. Uh, it is a limited time product. And as with all limited time products, you got to take advantage while it's here. You got to get it while the getting's good. It is a baconator, which is the best bacon cheeseburger on the market, in my opinion, but with a pretzel bun. And you might say, well, Quark, why would I get the pretzel bun when it's already good? I'm just telling you, it makes it better. Pretzel Baconator at Wendy's. Vanilla Frosty back at Wendy's. Lots of good reasons. $5 Biggie Bag at Wendy's. Uh, you name it. They can get it, man. They can get it done for you. Um, I, I love giving Wendy's gift cards out because that $50 gift card, it goes so much further than you would think. At your local Wendy's. Go by and see them. Uh, today. We've gotten several thoughts on this. I mean, Texter says uh, from the 864, a lot of folks given their individual experience at baseball and basketball games. Love that. Texter says, I mean, it is harsh, but is there any sport where you can miss a quarter of the season and still win MVP? I'd argue no. I don't remember seeing it. Injury or no injury. I don't appreciate the outrage from players because they're at, being asked to show up to work three out of four days. Yes, I agree with you. That even if even if somebody's legitimately injured, at some point you just haven't played enough games. You just you just haven't played enough games, period. Now, this is a good jumping off point though to talk about what happened in college athletics yesterday. Because in college athletics yesterday, there was a ruling by the National Labor Relations Board uh ruled on Monday that the Dartmouth men's basketball team could vote to form a union. So it didn't say they are a union. It doesn't say they have rights of unions yet. It says they could vote to unionize. And it would be the first time that there was an, a labor union consisting of NCAA athletes. What it would probably entail is that they would vote to join an existing union that already sort of protects employees of Dartmouth. Um, but that's sort of... That's sort of the idea that at Dartmouth, the men's basketball uh, players are now allowed to unionize. And as we're talking about collective bargaining, I know there are lots of thoughts on unionization, whether it's good, whether it's bad, etc. I think unionization is inevitable, regardless of my stances on it. Um... I happen to, I mean, just to tell you where I stand personally on this, I think private sector unions are fine. I think public sector unions are problematic. And, you know, if this were a political show, I'd go through all the reasons why, but it's not. I'm just going to tell you that's where I stand. And that's why I'm a little bit jaded by that. Like, I, I'm not sure that this is the best way forward to go the union route with players. But 
It sure as heck beats the alternative in my mind. Even though I'm sort of principally opposed to it, I kind of oppose the current system we have more. And I, I, I'm curious, like, I've, I've, I've talked to people about this, and I've listened to callers, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm reading the text line, I'm doing all this stuff, and I, I legitimately want to know from people who are anti-union or anti-formation, anti-employee model, do you like this better? Is this a better system, what we're doing right now? Where instead of the school paying the players, because they can't, they're not allowed to, you and I have to subsidize these people? Now, I don't think that part is is going away. I don't think it's going to be just replaced by another system and the fans end up playing 0.0%. I don't think that's ever... I mean, once, you, once you've let the genie out of the bottle, it ain't going back. That's not going to happen. But, I, I mean, I think the access, the money that the players that most people think the players should have access to is institutional with the schools. So at some point, this is going to happen. Now, Dennis Dodd has an interesting piece at CBSSports.com about this. It basically says that the, um, the at Dartmouth, they are now essentially student employees, like I was when I worked for Tim Beret in athletic communications. So Dartmouth no longer has student athletes. They have student employees. And uh, they've decided that the players should be compensated they don't relieve athletic scholarships which i would imagine would be part of the calculation for compensation like i was not as a as a student employee at clemson i my school was not paid for as an undergrad now they did pay for my grad school as a as a grad assistant when i when i spent two and a half years as a ga in the in the athletic communications office at that time in the sports information department so ultimately like I understand that's a that's a great benefit, and so that would be part of a benefits package that could be uh, negotiated. Um, but Dartmouth players could collectively bargain for salary, working conditions, practice times, travel arrangements, all that kind of stuff. And Dartmouth is going to appeal, so this is going to this is going to continue to climb up courts and go through an appeals process and all this stuff. Um, they also, because of the ruling, they're probably going to vote pretty soon on whether to unionize. And if they unionize, the school's going to have to play them. The, the school's going to have to pay them. And they're going to have to collectively bargain some of these terms. The reason I think this is a, a good point to, to bring this up is that the players are mad about this in the NBA, but ultimately they decided that it was okay to do this. And now they kind of have buyer's remorse, so the next time they go to the table, they're going to try to amend it. But it's not like the NBA dictated this on the players, the 65-game uh, minimum to win awards. The players were able to collectively bargain and they determined that it was worth it to get something in order to give that up. And now they, they think otherwise. Welcome to your new world of college athletics. That's what it's all going to be. It's all going to be collectively bargained. And you know how I know that? Because the courts have basically already said that. I don't know how many ways. I'm going to keep bringing this up because people need to be reminded. There are lots of folks who have great ways to fix the sport. One of my great ways to fix the sport is to reinstitute sitting out a year when you transfer. Great way to fix the sport. Won't ever happen. Won't ever happen. Not realistic. 
Not if the NCAA just says, we want to do this. Because the courts have struck down every single time the NCAA said, we want to do this because we decided. And the reason they say that is, well, you can't just tell all the players what to do. You're not calling them employees. Um, So because you you don't call them employees, you don't have any power over them, and you're not letting them unionize so there's no collective bargaining power, and so you're not just going to dictate on these people how they can or can't make money and what they can or can't do. This is the future of college athletics. This is what it's going toward. And I hate to say that. Like I said, I don't love this any more than any, like anybody else. Um, the NLRB, actually, this is interesting. They rejected a unionization attempt by Northwestern football in 2014 because only some of the athletes would be able to unionize. It wasn't on behalf of all athletes. So it was just for football. And some of you will recall that this happened a decade ago and that it was seen as a potential, at that time it was seen as a potential devastating step for college athletics. Now, I mean, now I think there's there's a lot of good that can come from this as somebody who doesn't really want it. Um, and, and part of this is, you know, I, I heard Brad and John talking about this a little bit. I heard a caller talking about this a little bit, like, you trust Congress to have a bill that governs NIL and puts this stuff in motion to try to fix this? I don't. I don't trust Congress to do anything. Con- the House and Senate can't even agree on whether they want to pass things they agree on now. That's that's actually what we're doing in this country right now. We are agreeing on the things that we agree that we want, whether we actually want to pass them or not. We might just vote down things we want because we just we just decide. That's what we're doing. Congress ain't going to fix this. So the courts are going to have to fix it, and the NCAA is going to have to fix it, and maybe the SEC and the Big Ten are going to fix it. That's where I was about to go right there. This alliance between the SEC and the Big Ten, it's going to be interesting to see. Do they try to work through Congress, congressional action, or do they take some action of their own? I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I just want to prepare people. As somebody who has had to internally just accept some things, about where we're headed, that it's not going to be everything that I want or everything that I believe in or everything that makes me feel hunky-dory about myself or about my choices or about the health and wellness of these sports. Because we're headed to this place. Like, for instance, in testimony, uh, and so, you know what? Some things may go away entirely. Like, for instance... Uh, This is coming from Dennis Dodd. Dartmouth players testified during the NLRB hearing. They spent more than 40 hours a week on their sport. The NCAA allows only 20. Pac-12 study in 2015 showed that athletes in that conference spent more than 50 hours a week on their sport. Because a lot of the stuff you do is voluntary. Big, giant air quotes around voluntary. Or it's individual. Where, like, you get film on your iPad, you're watching film. Because if you don't watch film, you're going to be quizzed on it later. Within the 20 hours. Coaches work around the 20 hours. Nobody's doing exactly 20 hours. Nobody's doing that. Um, And nobody should do that. Quite honestly, nobody should do that. 20 hours is very, very few. Very, very limited. Not a lot of time to actually do what you need to do in this landscape. That would be collectively bargained. Um, Whether they get 40 hours or say, that would be a work conditions thing. If they do this. So a lot of stuff that is unnecessarily limiting, 
like the 20 hours. If, if players are willing to go 40 hours a week, then they might collectively bargain 40 hours. And so the 20-hour rule from the NCAA goes away, and it gives coaches more freedom. That's something that, that's something that they could do. Uh, texters, we got, we got a bunch of y'all getting in on this. 654 roars a number. Not surprising. Uh, texture from the 864 says employees can have a non-compete. Yes. You want to regulate the portal? Bingo. You want to regulate the portal? You want to keep people out of the portal? Non-compete clauses for employees. Bam. You want your roster management? That's a roster management strategy that the courts are not going to strike down immediately and laugh in your face. Do I love the fact that you got non-compete clauses? Eh, feels a little icky. But that's where we're going. It's better than unbridled 365-day-a-week uh, roster mismanagement where you you don't know from day to day. You don't know who's going to be on your roster. You have no idea. Text from the 864 says, end athletic scholarships. They can pay their own way now. You can collectively bargain that. You can't do it now unilaterally, but you can collectively bargain it with unions. Another texture gets in and says, honestly, I don't care at this point what happens to football. It'll find a way. But I truly do care about all the other sports that I worry are in jeopardy. I mean, I this is not going to come as a shock to anybody. I care. I'm passionate about women's sports. I find, I take great pride in the way Clemson's women's sports teams do. Um, I call a good bit of women's soccer and softball, and I do every women's basketball game. I mean, I I care deep. I've, I've, I've been to the gymnastics meet. Like, I... I care deeply about women's sport. My wife works a lot of events, a lot of women's sports events. She's, she works lacrosse, and she works women's basketball. And like, and volleyball. And volleyball. I mean, we, we care deeply about women's athletics. But a lot of this is a danger to women's athletics. Particularly, like, we hadn't talked about it a bunch, but the private equity stuff, the Florida State private equity stuff that's come about where – private equity is going to fund stuff. One of the fears from people is that if you start getting in private equity to fund athletic departments, private equity firms don't fund losses. And college athletics is a technically a nonprofit entity. Technically nonprofit. Um, they make a lot of money. They spend a lot of money. But football makes a lot of money. A lot of the sports don't. Is, is the bottom line. Men's basketball makes a little bit, and you might get a couple sports at various schools that make some, like a tiny little sliver that end up in the black. But most sports are designed to use football money to, to justify being in the red. You're spending more than you're making by a long shot. Is private equity going to fund that? I'm not sure about that. Uh, if, if these athletes are allowed to unionize, is there a stipend that goes for everybody, and then NIL is what goes over the top of that? How do schools decide? What what do you pay an athlete for their work? Do you pay a football player the same as a lacrosse player, the same as a volleyball player, the same as a soccer player? You know, a lot of the schools in uh, our teams in college sports, Quark, are in right-to-work states. That brings up Correct. a whole list of questions about firing without cause and all kind of fun stuff like that. That's right. That's right. I'm If you're an employee, I mean, there brings up a lot of things. It's kind of a mess. Would you wouldn't you agree? Kind of a mess. Absolutely. But it is a mess that appears to be less messy than the mess we currently find ourselves in. <laughs> and that's kind of my point. 
Like it's less it's less messy than the mess that we're currently in, in terms of athletics. That we all agree is at least as of right now, is a uh, is a transitional phase. Um, all right, stay with us. When we come back, you'll hear from Aaliyah Logaleo. I've still got some thoughts on Clemson, North Carolina to get to, and some other big games on the hardwood tonight. I've got a I've got a thought or two about Clemson football too. I want to just kind of plant a I want to plant a seed, and something that I think we'll probably talk about on Thursday's show. Um, but I want to plant the seed today. Stay with us. Hour two of the program continues right after this. Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. Or use the new Roosters app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. This Valentine's Day, skip the rush on cards, chocolates, and flowers, and give your loved ones what they really want. An insanely clean home with the pros at Zero Res. Their patented process uses ZR Water to clean your carpets and other services like no other. And with no residue, your carpets stay cleaner longer. Right now, mention to me, Mickey and the Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for $109 plus a free hallway. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Here at ATV Outfitters, we stock more ATV, UTV, motocross, and street bike products than anyone for hundreds of miles around. We have more than 10,000 tires and wheels on hand, and we pride ourselves on great prices and getting you the accessories you need fast. Come see us in the items that are readily available to get your vehicle ready for the street, trail, or mud pit. Don't buy elsewhere. We'll both lose money. Come by the store located at 2485 Rutherford Road, Greenville, or shop online at ATVOutfitters.net. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. Oh, 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 you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Show your love this Valentine's with exquisite fashion jewelry from Diamonds Direct and save an extra 20%. Now through Valentine's, all fashion favorites at Diamonds Direct are on sale. All earrings, all bracelets, all necklaces, stackable bands, colored gemstone jewelry, and more. Lots of romantic and timeless gifts for under $500. Special financing available too. Don't miss this. An extra 20% savings on all fashion jewelry favorites at Diamonds Direct. Shop in store or online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The college football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started. 
and we have you covered all year long. These fans need to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans. The Roar, where every day is game day. All right, hour three continues out of bounds. William Plugginbush and Mike Vaughn with you. 654-ROAR is the number you want to join us on the phones or on the Adams and Co-Roofing text line. I'm excited. Again, we've got softball coming up, not just, uh, you know, for Clemson. I mean, you know, Clemson softball is indeed coming up, but Clemson softball here on the Roar, and you'll be able to hear all five games from the Clearwater Tournament this weekend for Clemson softball down in Florida. Uh, either here live on the Roar or uh, on the uh, on the Roar mobile app or at ClemsonTigers.com. You'll be able to hear it all, uh, all three of those places. So uh, they start Thursday night, 7 o'clock against Missouri State. That one will be uh, online only. Uh, then Friday, 7 o'clock, they will take on Indiana. That one will be live on the air. Um, then Saturday at noon... They will not uh, because of Clemson uh, men's basketball. But the 7 o'clock game against Oregon will be on the air. And then Sunday morning at 10 a.m., that game will be live on air. So three live broadcasts, two streams, five great ways to listen to Clemson softball. And we, we love carrying softball on the roar. People want it. People love it. People are asking about it constantly. You guys doing softball. And so uh, we, we don't get to do maybe as many games as people want, but the ones that we do, we want to make a big deal out of. And so I got to sit down with Aaliyah Logaleo. Now, this is a great interview. She's one of the veteran leaders on this Clemson softball team. You're going to hear this interview again tomorrow night on the Clemson Women's Sports Hour, but I wanted to give you a sneak peek right now of what you're going to hear. Aaliyah was incredibly engaging. Um, like many of her teammates, this is one final ride. This is sort of from the, I would say, the first two groups that came into Clemson. Um, the the initial group that came in when there was nothing, and then the group that came in after year one. And um, this incredibly insightful, uh, the things that she says. You'll hear similar stuff in some ways for what Valerie Cale told us earlier, but uh, excited for you to hear from Aaliyah. Here's what that sounds like. Aaliyah, what a pleasure to sit down with you. Um, always great to catch up, and I hope you're doing well. Thanks for uh, making some time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, so um, let's talk off season first. Uh, you went where for Christmas? We need I, to start there. Like, okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna be annoyed if I'm thinking about this question back in my mind. You need to tell the people. Okay, so I took a trip to Hawaii, and then we went to American Samoa. It was a group of us, um, collegiate and professional softball players, all Polynesian, so Samoan and Hawaiian, and we ran, we went and ran camps. We um, you know, got to travel around the island. Hawaii, we were there for about two days, but in Samoa, we were there a week. So we got to spend a lot of time just learning about our culture, meeting our families who maybe we have never met before. Um, that was my first time on the island, so it was just an incredible experience and just seeing how much potential there is on the island in softball was just amazing. I'm I'm more annoyed, I should say, that I haven't asked you about this before, <laughs> as opposed to like you actually going because that sounds awesome. But like at Clemson, we don't get a lot of athletes with Polynesian mm-hmm. American Samoan backgrounds. 
there is a lot of pride in that in those communities. What does that mean to you to be able to not just like know about that, but now have some different experiences around that? Oh, it's everything. Growing up, the way I really connected with my culture was through music. And so now I feel like I have a whole new understanding of like what it is to be someone and to be so far away from, you know, family in California or even on the island. Um, they still get to watch our games. They still get to, you know, search our highlights on YouTube. And so my dad will always be like, oh, they watched your game. I'm like, oh, it was like three days ago. That's so amazing. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, but it's it's just really it's an incredible culture and it's it is small here on the east side of the u.s but if you go anywhere out west utah california you know they're they're everywhere and so being in south carolina has been it's interesting just so many people wanting to learn about my culture and i'm like i love this i am still learning i am still learning (laughs) Um, let's talk softball for a second because you guys are coming in with a weird combination of maybe expectation and then maybe some uh, some being overshadowed in some ways, I'll say, by some other players, teams, etc. How has the vibe been as you guys are, are getting ready for the season now, coming up shortly, and then what are some of the things you guys are sort of talking about, rallying around, that sort of thing? I think the biggest thing with our team right now is – we don't know what the lineup looks like. And that is a really big thing. That just means so many players are uh, competing for spots and our team is just stacked. And we're making our coaches' jobs really hard, really (laughs) difficult. They have got it tough this year. Um, But really staying focused on our goal and uh, Coach Rittman always says, the ranking at the beginning of the year doesn't mean anything. It's the one at the end that's important. And so keeping that in mind, we've had a lot of heartbreak in our past seasons, so really taking all that grit with us through this season, and it's our last one for about 10 of the players, so it's going to be a strong last drive for sure. We're excited. That was going to be my next question because there are a lot of ways it can go when you have a core group that's been together for a long time mm-hmm. that sort of sees the end and understands what you haven't done that you'd like to do, which obviously is go to Oklahoma City. Yeah. There, there are ways that that's good because it sort of drives you, motivates you. There are ways where sort of the desperation of that can lead to some headbutting and, you know, some just some things like that along the way. How do you sort of focus that energy in a positive way, and how have you guys talked about that while sort of avoiding some of that, sort of the negatives that desperation brings to it? Yeah, well, for some of us, we got this year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so our coaches talked to us about, like, freshman year when we got cut short, all of y'all were saying, like, oh, we're coming back. And this is it. This is that time. So really just remembering what that determination was our freshman year to come back and play this final season was a big thing. And for those who weren't a part of COVID and it's their actual real senior year, it's still just um, writing it out with your girls. Like we've been here for so long together. And so it's like, why not go out on a high note? And like, yeah, you know, seven months from now, we'll all be going our own ways, but we're going to make the most of it. And that's the biggest thing is just coming together, supporting each other, having fun together. How have you improved as a player uh, from last year, maybe the end of last year to now in the last seven, eight months? Yeah, so I think just the whole time I've been here, I've been moved around a lot. And so I've really grown in, in that way, just being able to be versatile for my coaches, kind of play whatever role 
I needed to play. <clears throat> Last year I was shortstop pretty much all season. Um, and now we've got Alex and so we're just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Like we're gonna fight in any position no matter what and that's really with everyone. But I think just kind of going back to that versatile mindset, like am I gonna play short? Am I gonna play third? Am I going back to my first love in the outfield picking daisies in the grass? I don't know yet. <laughs> Um, so that's one thing I've kind of had to shift is, uh, just being ready for anything. And it really helps when we have someone like Alex, who I also know can play short third, can play anywhere. So, uh, it's been big on like helping my coaches trust me and also trusting myself. So going from that shortstop only mindset to now I'm like opening up again. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you that. I'm glad you brought that up because you had moved around and you were the UTL, like you were the utility, like the just the picture of it your first few years. And then last year you really settled in and it felt like the defense settled down when those roles became more defined. Did you like, did you prefer knowing I'm playing here, I'm hitting here, this is what's going to happen? Or do you like sort of the the challenge and the fun of being different spots and maybe filling different roles even in the lineup every day? Yeah, it was, I think last year was kind of a little easier to say I was going to be at shortstop. I think Reedy was just one of the best third basemen I've ever seen. So, like, why not put her at third? Um, so, I, I will say I do like a challenge, but when we have games that are, you know, big wins, important wins, it's good to know going into it, like where I'm going to be, where I'm going to settle in. Uh, I don't think it takes too long for me to settle into a place. I always tell my coaches, just like, hey, give me one day of practice there and I'm, I'm ready to go. So it's kind of a toss up. If I know I'm going to play there, I'm ready. If they flip me mid game, I'm like, okay, give me one, just give me one ground ball right there and I'm good. All right. So... Your first love is picking daisies. Yes, I is love. it your love now? Do you do you like you're sitting there in the infield dirt last year and you're going, God, I wish I was out in left field or whatever. Like, yeah, anytime I see our outfielders make big plays, I'm like, oh, that was so beautiful. Like, <laughs> I remember the days when I tried to make that play. <laughs> um, but you know, they throw me out there every now and then, probably just to help them get breaks I don't know if they want to put me out there or if it's just like you know what go give them a break like add another person in their line but every time I'm out there I'm just like all right I'm catching every single ball I'm not letting this moment go to waste so it it is still my first love but I'm gonna play whatever they need me to play and I'm gonna have fun doing it visiting with Aaliyah Logaleo uh, here Uh, appreciate her time joining us here on the program I'm uh I'm curious about this as a hitter your home runs were down last year, but your RBIs were up. You found mm-hmm. yourself in those run-producing spots. That mindset of a run producer, does that come naturally to you? Is that the way you think about your role, or is that something you've had to grow into over time? That is something I grew into. After um, my first year COVID hit, my dad made a bet with me, and he was like, okay, you have one goal you need to hit. If you hit it, you get this TV. Huge TV, really, really nice, big flat screen had Netflix on it I was like you know what I'm gonna get what well, maybe like 40 RBIs I think and I got it and I got the TV I was like all right dad what's next I'm going for 50 and it was just like every every and you year, hit it like, by the yeah, way yeah yeah I didn't get anything not yet I gotta bring that back up to him but um just like little things like that like all right dad you're giving me a challenge I'm gonna go for it so that year was a TV 
now I gotta come up with something better because I still have that TV, so I don't need a new one. And I don't need a car. Maybe it's maybe it's like shoes or something. I don't know. But just like little things like having little goals for myself. Home runs are great, but if there's no one on base, you know, it's only one RBI. So um, producing runs has been something I've really grown into loving. And just I always am striving to get people in. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of faces that could be in this lineup. What makes this lineup maybe stand out? Uh, you know, as opposed to the other very good ones that you yeah. guys have had in the last few years? I think one thing that we aren't really known for is our speed. And we have some players who will just hit the ball, I don't know, 500 yards if we wanted to. But we're also going to steal some bases. We have some people who we're going to hit a double and we're getting thrown out, like stolen, stealing third, or we're hit and run to third. Something that's just, you don't expect it when you maybe see us physically or just like warming up you're like oh these girls can hit but no we're gonna run too that's fantastic yeah i the i know y'all hate that you've faced each other for like five weeks and that's all you've done but it also makes you a really good scout for your Mm -hmm. pitchers so what have you seen from your pitching staff as you go into the season yeah i know our first scrimmage now to i think our last one was this sunday i went from going like over to now i'm putting balls in play, getting hits. So it, it's nice to see them. Uh, honestly, they are an incredible pitching staff. So there's really not much to say other than don't throw it down the middle because that's when we're going to capitalize. But other than that, if they just hit their spots, they are golden. They're golden. You guys are very upfront with your goals. Mm-hmm. And I know you've talked about it collectively. One thing I love about Coach Rittman is that he does not shy away from any of that. You guys are openly talking about Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. That's the destination. That's where you feel like you've been on the doorstep of. How how hard is that to stay focused in the present? Even as an older player, that yeah. you like you've been in a million days of work and you've played a million games and so you understand what it takes. But to stay in the here now to play game two, to go down to Florida and then go to Mexico when you've got these long-range goals that you want to hit. Yeah, I definitely see every game, every practice as just a baby step to Oklahoma City. If we can take everything seriously, and um, obviously there's going to be days where our team is just, you know, maybe it's just long week or we just didn't have it in us that day, but we're always able to kind of refocus and Taking baby steps is going to be the biggest thing. We have preseason, which this is our hardest preseason we've had, I think, ever, but the whole time I've been here. (laughs) Um, So we don't start off easy, and so that's why January has been so important is because we have such a tough schedule right out of the gate. And so that is going to prepare us for what we want to do, but it's also like, ACC is a pretty strong conference. So going into our tournament, knowing like, all right, this is our next step. If we can, you know, get some momentum going into postseason, like that's something we're um, we're really going to be focused on. And it's just baby steps, you know. Not we have the big goal, and the Oklahoma City is at the end of the tunnel, but we have so many steps before we get there. You are you've been working for student athlete development, mm-hmm. so you've been doing that for a lot three years. Is that right? About three years, yeah. So you get leadership from a locker room standpoint, and then you sort of get a lot of it on that side as well. So how do you feel like you've grown as a leader, knowing that you're going to have to lead 
sometimes because yeah. you're the oldest one and you're yeah. the sort of veteran voice in some of these rooms and conversations. Yeah, so my boss, Tori, is amazing, but she is known for throwing people into the fire. And I no. remember she, <laughs> she had me facilitate a Tiger Leadership Academy session as I think I was a sophomore or a junior. And I was like, wait a minute, you want me to do what? And so kind of from that moment on, I, I found my voice and how to speak in front of people. Last week, I spoke in front of 100 freshmen. So I was like, oh, this is a tough task. But she has definitely given me the, the ability to learn how to speak and learn how to you know, say what needs to be said and in the best way possible. So it's not always about uh, yelling at teammates or getting on them or harping on them or nagging them or anything like that. Sometimes it's just one, being silent when the moment requires it, but also saying things with grace and knowing how to approach people in tough situations. Uh, final one, you talked about RBIs being a goal. Any other statistical goals for you? I'm not big on batting average. I am huge in RBI, so I think setting that RBI at about 57 that's high, but I'm, I just, that just popped in my head, so we're just going to go. Okay, with it. good. You're on the record That's, now. Yeah, this is I'm nailed on the record. down. There it is. Um, I do want to increase home runs, so home runs and RBIs, there it is. Maybe maybe about, oh gosh, this is hard. We'll go 13 home runs. 13 okay. and 57. That's like in there the middle is. of the last two That's years. That's in the middle, yeah. I'm comfortable with that. Okay, so you heard it here first, right here. 13 and 57, <laughs> and we don't care about batting average. There it and is. And going to Oklahoma City. Yeah. So there's your goal list, right there. There it is. <laughs> Aaliyah, thank you. It's always a pleasure to visit yeah. with you. Thanks so much for your time, and good luck with the yeah, season. Yeah, thank you. All right, she was awesome. Uh, by the way, one thing that didn't make the cut there, a <clears throat> texter from the 864 said uh, during that interview, texted and said she has the coolest name. She's a great, great person. I mean, we talked about that. She told me that uh, somebody in her family, uh, like – had some snark when the fans started chanting Loga Leo when they would do that when that first started said the audacity to let these people chant your name are you kidding me she was like what am I supposed to do about it that was a that was funny that that's that's the kind of family that's the kind of structure that she has like who are you they're gonna chant your name like that she kind of gets fueled that way so I love it all right final segment I'm gonna share what I told Mike I was gonna share at the start of the show we're gonna talk about court storming Let's go. And I'm also, I'm going to give you some final thoughts on Clemson, North Carolina when we return. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers and if you have a question we have a live person to talk with little john family owned and operated 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com access to the internet is critical for educational success if you have a child in grades k through 8 in oconee county schools or k through 12 in pickens county your family qualifies for receiving $30 off your internet bill each month, regardless of your income level. At Upcountry Fiber, they want to make sure your child has the ability to connect and succeed. Visit upcountryfiber.com forward slash ACP or call 888-760-2111. At Upcountry Fiber, we're here for you. Call the plumber whose name is his Plumber. Anyone know a good plumber? It's an emergency. 
one Tom Plumber will be there in an hour, or they'll discount your bill. In one hour? Yeah. Just dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. That's their name. That's their number. Call the plumber whose name is his number one. Tom Plumber. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. Meet Cheryl. Hey. She's on vacation and lost in the moment. Unfortunately, so is her Chase debit card. It's got to be somewhere. Maybe she lost it at Salsa Night. These skirts should have pockets. Or maybe she lost it at Pilates. Three and two and... But she's not worried. With the Chase mobile app, she can lock her card till it turns up. Tools that help protect. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data reads may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. If you are dealing with the complexities of selling an inherited property or navigating a property in probate, Samuel Property Group is here to help. Hi, this is Brady Brannon, owner of Samuel Property Group, your trusted partner in real estate solutions. Whether it's navigating probate laws or needing a quick real estate sale without the MLS, Samuel Property Group can get you a quick cash offer in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today to turn your property challenges into great opportunities. The Upstate's home for sports talk. It entertains me. I enjoy listening on the way home. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar. You lying. I didn't want to know the truth. I'd rather go on loving blind all right, final segment of the program. Glad to have you with us. Appreciate uh, Valerie Cagle and Will Vandervoort and Aaliyah Logaleo. I'm going to go ahead and say on tomorrow's show, we're going to have a lot of baseball coverage. A lot of baseball coverage. Uh, you're going to be excited about that. We're going to visit with... Um, we're going to talk basketball as well. Um, obviously, whatever happens tonight, and we'll get you ready for whatever's going to happen. Um, if anything else breaks on the college football front, we'll give you that. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think you'll be pleased. We're we're going to get a bunch of the coaching staff, and we're going to get a. We're scheduled to get at least two players uh, tomorrow. So uh, get excited for that. Um, I'm excited. I'm jacked up about it. Uh, getting some getting some baseball intel, getting some softball intel this week. We people, I mean, our a lot of our show is like talking about other things and people randomly posting like or, or texting us on the Adams Covering text line. Hey, Quack, can you give us some thoughts on baseball? Can you give us some thoughts on softball? So uh, we 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 wanted to make sure you heard from 
uh, from the players and coaches themselves and give you an opportunity to hear from them uh, before the uh, before the start of the season. So we'll be doing that this week, uh, no doubt about it. This hour of the program brought to you by our friends at Buff City Soap. Today only, folks, four for $20. Shower steamers. I have not tried the shower steamers. That might be next on the list. Shower steamers, foaming and soap, soap bars, and bath bombs in store only today. Again, these these pop-up sales, oh, they're so reliably good. So reliably good at Buff City Soap. Again, four for $20 just today. Shower steamers, foaming hand soaps, soap bars, and bath bombs in store only. Two upstate locations inside the shops at Greenwich and Greenville and inside the Harvillage Shopping Center in Clemson. Go by and see them today. It's our friends at Buff City Soap. A uh, couple things. First of all, let me let me say a couple things real quick about uh, about Clemson and North Carolina. I have three uh, spread picks today. I've been giving these out on Twitter, but I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Um, I think South. I got South Carolina minus three against Ole Miss. I think South Carolina covers against Ole Miss. I. I kind of like Ole Miss. I love South Carolina. I know that your first game when you're ranked, there's a little more pressure, but South Carolina's been money at home. So give me South Carolina minus three there. That's play number one tonight. Number two is Georgia Tech. Wake Forest is two and seven on the road. They've not been a cover machine on the road regardless. Uh, Georgia Tech has been mostly good at home. They've gotten, they've gotten sort of teams pulling away from them late in some ways, but they've been very competitive. They beat North Carolina. They beat Duke at home. They've got Wake Forest at home. They covered last week against NC State. I think they're going to continue to cover against the North Carolina schools. Uh, give me, I, I get five points with Georgia Tech at home against Wake, a team that's much better at home than on the road. I'm for sure taking the five with Georgia Tech. I, I think they win this game. I think they can very easily win this game, but I think at the very least it'll come down to the last possession. That's just kind of the, that's what Georgia Tech does now. Games come down to the final possession. And then the third... And the final pick is the under in Clemson, North Carolina. That's a pick. That's a pick. Bam. Love it. Those are all picks, by the way, in the OO Bank. Clemson, UNC, the number is as high as 154 and a half. These two teams combined for 120 points the last time they got together. Uh, If you look at some of the numbers here, okay, and I, like, I hesitate to bring some of this up because it sounds like there's a certain kind of person that, like, that really doesn't like when I bring up that other teams have issues. Have you encountered these people, Mike? I have. That you really, like, if you try to equivocate Clemson's issues with somebody else, oh, come on, you're just making excuses now. North Carolina hasn't shot the ball well either in league play. I'm talking just in league play right now. Uh, North Carolina from three, 32.6%. Clemson, 30.1%. North Carolina from two, 49.2%. Clemson, 51.9%. Clemson has a better effective field goal percentage in ACC games than North Carolina does. Here's the difference. Here's the difference, okay? Uh, Clemson, would you believe this? Clemson and North Carolina are the two best offensive rebounding teams in the in the ACC. And by, on a percentage basis in league play, North Carolina is rebounding 35.2% of its own misses. That is remarkable. I think 33%, like from a defensive rebounding standpoint, giving up a third of available rebounds is awful. North Carolina's opponents are giving up 35.2%. That's that's incredibly good. They send guys to the glass. Uh, the People will talk about Baycott, and it's true 
that uh, that Baycott is a problem. But really, the reason North Carolina's numbers are like this is Harrison Ingram. Check out Harrison Ingram's recent stat lines. I mean, this is... He was... He made some clutch plays against Clemson, but he was not special against Clemson. Here's what he's done since then. Mike, you're going to love this. Against NC State, 9 points, 19 rebounds. Syracuse, 11 points, 10 rebounds. Louisville, 10 points, 4 rebounds. That game uh, barely counted. Boston College, 11 points, 13 rebounds. Wake Forest, 10 points, 14 rebounds. Florida State, 13 points, 17 rebounds. Georgia Tech, 8 points, 13 rebounds. And then against Duke, he had 21 points and 13 rebounds. Since the Clemson game, where he had 9 and 4, he has had either double digits in points or double digits in rebounds or both in every game. Harrison Ingram is a problem. Ian Shefflin has to stay on the floor so that he can box out and rebound with Harrison Ingram. I think both teams will do a good job on the offensive glass. The issue is that North Carolina doesn't allow a lot of offensive rebounds. They get a lot. They don't allow a lot. Clemson allows a lot of offensive rebounds. There, I mean, I could give you some numbers on it. I'll just tell you, point blank, Clemson gives up too many offensive rebounds. In the last two games, I will give you this one. In the last two games, I saw John Gassaway or somebody, I think from ESPN, said this. In the last two games combined, Clemson's opponents have grabbed 44% of available offensive rebounds. That is way way too many and then you tell me that they are going on the road to face the top offensive rebounding team in the ACC with two of the top four or five offensive rebounders in the league if not the country in Baycott and Ingram that's going to be tough but I do think there'll be a lot of missed shots tonight I mean the way Clemson's been shooting I know they've been shooting it better on the road but North Carolina defensively is very very good and Clemson, uh, they're, they're still shooting a, a good many threes. They're not making them. North Carolina, not shooting as many threes, not making a lot. But again, they're, they're not playing for first. Right now, North Carolina is not playing for first shots. They're playing for second shots and free throws. And um, they are scoring a fair amount of the time from the line. Clemson's done a good job at the line, too. Uh, I told you, this, this line got bet down from 8.5 to 6.5. And, I mean, I, I think there was some value at eight and a half. I don't know about six and a half. Qualk, I got three quick keys for you for tonight. Okay. Uh, one month ago tonight, uh, the Tar Heels came to Little John. We had almost twice as many turnovers as North Carolina. Yep. We got to cut those down. That's right. Um, we were even in second chance points, almost even in the paint. They, uh, we actually beat them in the paint. But the bench scoring was huge. The Tar Heels outscored Clemson from the bench 14-2. to two. That's my second. The third is we got to get some stronger legs in that last uh, 10 to 12 minutes and finish these games out. The, the bench points would help there. If you got anything from the bench, because that was not only an issue against North Carolina, it was one of the reasons you beat Florida State, is that you got a big lift off the bench from Josh Beadle. And you're going to need a big lift from RJ. RJ Goffrey's got to come in and give you some minutes. He's got to spell, especially if Boz can't go. RJ has got to play bigger, stronger, box out, get rebounds. You got to have. I mean, Wallace is going to talk about this from three to seven. I know because he's talked about it a bunch. You got to have your guards rebound. You can't out rebound North Carolina. You can't keep them off the offensive glass if Shefflin and Hall, especially if Hall is out on the perimeter some, 
and Godfrey are the only ones rebounding. You can't do that. I don't. In fact, I, I'm going to say this. I don't think you win unless a true guard has at least five rebounds tonight. Hunter, Gerard, Beadle, Dylan Hunter. Somebody's got to have five rebounds out of that group. Or you're not winning. Because Clemson is not shooting it well enough to not rebound the crap out of the ball. And North Carolina will rebound the crap out of the ball. They're like plus eight in turnover or in uh, rebounding margin. I agree with all your keys. I think all your keys are, are incredibly important. And we had a texture a while ago, and I'm gonna uh, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but it was basically like Will Vandevort's out here planting the seeds of oh man, the referee conspiracy. Let me let me just say this, okay? Let me just say this. The referee conspiracy, there are some people that think that you should never talk about the refs. I hate those people. If you're a person that thinks, well, only losers complain about the refs, I hate you. You're the worst kind of person. Of course the refs are a factor. Of course we can talk about officiating. Of course those are things that those are things that move the game. Calls and no calls. Those are things that move the game. We, what we talked about in the Duke game was that Duke did not handle the business that it needed to handle down the stretch. Clemson didn't either, but neither did Duke. And the difference was the one call at the end. That's what we said about the Duke game. If Clemson handles what it needs to handle down the stretch, it'll win. If it doesn't, and also North Carolina doesn't, and the officials make a call that sways it North Carolina's way, I'm going to say that. Because I think you have to be an absolute fool. I understand that you, you don't want to put the game in the hands of the officials. You want to go ahead and win it yourself. I get it. You wanted to do that at Virginia. Make a couple more layups. You don't have these issues at the end of the game. Okay? You don't want to be at the, at the end of the game anyway. You want to handle your business as early as possible and then protect that lead. But to say that the officials are not, to preemptively say the officials are not going to be a part of this outcome? Are you blind? Did, like, were you born yesterday? Do we need to go ahead and carve out a little bit of the baseball time tomorrow to prepare for some Dean Dome official talk tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know. Because you know what? I thought the officials did not. I, I, I had issues with the way that the first half of the Virginia game was officiated. I had no such issues in the second half. So you know what we didn't do? We didn't come in here after Clemson lost by one to Virginia griping about officials. You know why? Because the officials weren't why you lost. The officials gave you some calls. They allowed Clemson, I thought, to play more physically than they allowed uh, allowed Virginia to play. But don't don't come at me with, oh, man, uh, you, you can't ever uh, argue with the officiating. Oh, there's so many other factors. Yeah, including the officials. Including the referees. Mike, I'm going to Lindsey Buckingham this topic. I just need your thoughts, okay? Last night I saw something crazy, and I loved it. I didn't know if I was going to. I loved it. Kansas State beat Kansas last night. And uh, Kansas State, their coaches have Jerome Tang, second-year head coach. Last year they beat Kansas. They stormed the court. And he said to the fans, this is our one. We get one. That's it. From now on we expect to win. And he, like, dropped the mic and rolled out of there. It was very famous. It was very good. So I'm thinking, okay, that's nice. Well, Kansas State's like a bubble team now, and they're probably not in the tournament, and Kansas number four. So at the end of the game, in overtime, it becomes apparent Kansas State's going to win, and the students start, like, crowding down because they're going to rush the floor. People are trying to drape over the railing and all this stuff. One of the assistants during a timeout goes across the, like, the halfway point of the court and is basically, like, telling them, don't stay. Please. He's holding up his hands. Please stay. Setting a new expectation. I love it. Are you so you love that? Yeah. You're big on that. 
I thought it was one of the coolest things. You know why? Because the students said yes, and they went over, and the players jumped in the stands and celebrated with them, and the staff was over there celebrating with them, and they got to celebrate together, but the students didn't come on the floor. That's awesome. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And um, I, I like a good court storming. Absolutely love it. 100%. But I kind of like the way they handled it because now there's an ex- Even when it doesn't make sense, there's an expectation. Ooh, that's good. You're setting up a strong tone there, uh, Jerome Tang. That's it for us. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. Walter next. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.